Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. Please be seated. And let me echo Matt's welcome to everybody, especially our guests. We are glad you're with us. Uh, as a guest, you may have received a packet. Hopefully you did. Inside that packet is an attendance card. If you would please pass those cards to the inside aisle and they'll be picked up at this time. It was February four years ago that Bruce Grubb got the scare of his life. Uh, he's a farmer and had a few head of cattle, and he went out to check on those cattle. And as he was uh, approaching the cattle, he noticed over to the side, off in a kind of a grassy area, he noticed a tiger, a crouching tiger tiger. Now, if you're in Africa, that'd be something you expect to see, but not in Scotland. He rushed back to his home. He called the authorities. The authorities checked with uh, uh, the zoos and, uh, and circuses and things like that, and, and there was no report of a missing tiger. The authorities called out the SWAT team. The SWAT team arrived. And for 45 minutes, the SWAT team was studying this tiger. And they noticed something. The tiger wasn't moving. That's when they realized that the tiger was a life-size stuffed tiger. Someone had pulled a trick on Mr. Grubb. Now, Bruce would later say this. You know, he got a lot of teasing over it. But he said, you know... I thought it was real. I didn't realize that it was fake. You know, in times of stress, it's easy to be fooled like Bruce was fooled, isn't it? You've got a medical situation, a medical condition, and you're under a lot of stress. And you end up falling victim to those uh, you know, those uh, cure-all things that they advertise on the internet? Or, or you have fallen into a little of a debt problem, and what do you do? You get caught in that get-rich-quick scheme, and you're even now further in debt. Or you're a young person heading off to college, and you have been supported and, and strengthened by your family and by your Christian friends. And now you go off to college and you, you hear a lot of things. Well, you start questioning mom and dad and some of their decisions. It's easy to be fooled, isn't it? So what do you do in times of distress? What do you do to keep from being fooled? What do you do to find the real answers in troubling times? Turn with me to 1 John chapter 2, 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. Little children, I love the way John, in writing here, he's uh, uh, up and well advanced in age, and he refers to his brothers and sisters as little children. 
Not a put down, but a term of endearment. Little children, it is the last hour. It's not the first hour, the patriarchal time period. It's not the second hour, the mosaical time period. We're living in the last time period, the Christian time period. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. People... People are not always guided by the Bible. I hate to say that, but it's true. People are not always guided by God's Word. What do you do with these false teachers? You've got to run from those false teachers. In the same way that Joseph ran from Potiphar's wife, you and I, we've got to run away from those false teachers. We got to avoid imposters and frauds. We got to steer clear of the charlatans and deceivers. Because why? They only want to exploit you when you're afraid, when you don't know the answers, when you're groping for direction. You may have seen this uh, on the internet a few years ago. It was so comical. A mother duck and, and six little ducklings. And they're crossing a, a highway. And what do they do? They come up to a, a, a grate, a storm grate in the pavement. Remember that? There were three pictures. Picture one on top. Uh, the mother duck and the six ducklings are getting ready to cross. And, and the mother duck with her larger feet. She just walks across that grate with no problem. But then, notice the second, the second picture. Notice the bottom picture. There's only one little duckling with the mom on the other side of the, of the grate. The other five ducklings have fallen down into the grate. And what was the caption? Do you remember the caption? Don't be led astray. You know, it's so easy to be led astray. That's easy. That's the way it is with false teachers. They will lead you astray into places that you do want to go. You don't want to go. The question is, well, how do you recognize these antichrists? How do you recognize these false teachers? What do you do to recognize the deceivers and the charlatans? Verse 19. They went out from us. Oh, they were part of us. They were part of us at one time, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest, that none of them were of us. What's John saying right there? You need to know your Bible. Don't trust me. Yeah, you heard that right. Don't trust me. Don't trust anyone who stands up here. You study it yourself. You make sure that what is being taught is from the Bible. Truly from the Bible. You've got to check us out. Check us out. You recognize those who oppose Christ because they oppose His church. 
Many years ago, I was called upon to go visit a man. There had been a decision made. It was a decision based on what was best for the group, for the church. It was in the area of liberty. We're not talking about something that was mandated by God's word. It's not a matter of faith. It was a matter of liberty. And the elders chose what would help the majority of the people. But this man, he opposed it. The elders went to him, tried to reason with him. He didn't want to reason because he was dead fast set on his opinion. He left the congregation. He started encouraging people to come and worship in his house. He started talking down God's church. And I went to him trying to persuade him to stop sinning trying to persuade him to stop opposing the church, but he would not stop. You've got to recognize people who oppose the church, who are against the Lord's church. Avoid those who do not remain in the fellowship of believers. Watch out for them because true believers continue with the church. Always. That man died, unfortunately, died as a sinner. To my knowledge, he never came back. To my knowledge, he never sought forgiveness. To my knowledge, he died as an erring Christian. Furthermore, avoid those who do not teach the truth about Jesus. Verse number 20. But you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. John is saying, hey, God's Spirit is in you. You see, back in the first century, these false teachers, we know this from other writers outside of the Bible. These other writers, or these other writers reveal that these false teachers would say, hey, I've got a special anointing of the Spirit. I've got a special anointing. I've got something more than what you have. John, or Peter, or any of the other apostles. And I'm teaching the truth. Avoid those who do not teach the truth about Jesus. That makes it very apparent that we got to know the truth. If you were to ask people back in the 50s and 60s, who are people of the book? Here in Arkansas, they would point to members of the Church of Christ. There was a, a TV program that was on for years out of Memphis on Channel 3, WREG, was at one time WREC. And every time this group of preachers from all different faiths, anytime they had a Bible question, do you know who they would turn to? They would turn to the preacher from the Church of Christ, because he knew his Bible, and he could recite, and he could quote, and he could mention the Bible verse that answered the question. We receive a lot of questions into Bible investigation. Right now, we've got questions all the way through the month of July. 
By the way, Sean is going to have a week coming up uh, this month. Uh, he'll be uh, on there answering the questions. A while back, I had a gentleman ask me, he said, will you watch this video and comment? He wanted just a personal, he didn't want it to be aired. He wanted just a personal question. So I watched the Bible video from this guy. It was 30, roughly 30 minutes. In 30 minutes time, he quoted one verse. By the way, he misapplied it. He misapplied the one verse he quoted. Everything else was just human logic. You know, human logic is pretty neat. You know, God has given us a brain and that's amazing that we can do what we can do. But human logic does not outrule God's word. I went back to the guy who sent me the question. I said, don't listen to him. That's a false teacher. Be on guard. Now, he looked good. He had all the fancy, you know, the, the, the slides behind him and, and all. And everything was, you know, from a uh, technical standpoint, it was impressive. A lot better than anything I can do. Technically, that is. But just one verse and one verse applied wrong. Look at verse 21. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it. You got the truth. You know the truth. And that no, that no lie is of the truth. These people are lying about Jesus. Who is a liar? But he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. That man I went to talk to, he denied, I pointed out verse after verse after verse to him, he denied it. Essentially, he was cutting out God's word. Denied that Jesus is the Christ. He is an antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. What is this? This is a lighthouse that probably killed more people than any other lighthouse in the world. In 1857, the people of St. George, Australia, they had a problem. They knew their cliffs were very dangerous for ships coming in. So they commissioned a guy named Andrew Dawson, he was an architect, to build a lighthouse. Unfortunately, Mr. Dawson was more interested in what would be easy for him to build and also a little financial kickbacks. He built it in the wrong place. It resulted in 24 shipwrecks, more than double the normal amount. Finally, in 1899, they tore it down and built a new one in the right place. What does that story mean? Well, that's the nature of a false teacher. Like a lighthouse in the wrong place, they mislead people into lives of shipwreck and pain. The truth is not important to them. Just what is convenient so they can watch out for themselves. I want to encourage you to check what any teacher, preacher, or blogger says with the Word with God. If His Word and the Word of God doesn't match, stay far away. Because you can try to justify just about anything. A very famous preacher 
is now teaching that baptism is not essential. A very famous preacher in the Church of Christ is teaching that baptism is not essential. He has misapplied so many Bible verses to try to prove his point. Don't disagree with God's Word. Run from false teachers. Run toward God. Run toward God. One time I was attacked by a bunch of bees. We still don't know why those bees did it. Bees normally don't attack. I was walking down the road, going back to my tractor to finish up some plowing. And I was a good distance from the bees, about as far as between me and, and Wendell there. And we don't know why, but they attacked. I ended up with dozens and dozens and dozens of bee, string, bee stings. What did I do? I ran toward my mama, okay? <laughs> I knew where my mama was. I was about 10 years old. And I ran as fast as I could toward my mama because I knew that she could take care of the problem. We need to run toward the one who can take care of our problems. We need to run toward God. Verse 24. Therefore, let that abide in you, which you heard from the beginning. You have heard the truth from me from the very beginning. If what you hear from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Father and in the, in, in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us, eternal life. Run toward God. Let God's word remain in you. Because it's the promise of eternal life. And it what brings you close to God, especially in times of distress. Please don't stop reading the Bible. Especially in the hard times. And the difficult times. Don't leave the church. You know... It happens about this time every year across our land. Good, wonderful Christian teens out of high school, they end up leaving home, they go to work, they go to college, they go to trade school, whatever it might be. And some of them fall away. It's sad, but it happens. Don't leave God's church. If on Sunday is the only day your Bible is open, you are cheating yourself. One grandmother decided to give her grandchildren a special Christmas gift. She put inside of each one of their Bibles a hundred dollar bill and waited to see how long it would take for them to discover it. He, he, she's actually stuck it next to Matthew chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount. Pretty often used passage. It was weeks and weeks and weeks before they discovered her gift. Please don't stop reading the Bible. You have two opportunities every day, Monday through Saturday, to study with us. Uh, fundamentals of the faith and Bible investigation. 
Don't stop reading the Bible. Hebrews chapter 10, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. You can trust God. And let us consider one another in order to want to stir up love and good works. Don't forget your Bible. In times of distress, in times of need, you need it more than ever. I'm talking about the Bible. Stay close to God through His Word. Keep reading your Bible. Dwell in this book because it has life. Dwell in it so that it dwells in you. I have a lot of books in my library. I'd hate to even to count the number. I know how many I have in my Kindle. Over a thousand. I like to read. I'm not a TV person. I'm a reader. One of the authors that I often read got stuck at the airport in San Francisco. He missed his connection. He was put on a wait list. They hadn't told him if he would make it or not on the next flight. He was so frustrated. He wanted to get home. He called his son. His son was no help. His son said, well, Dad, if he just stopped flying so much, he wouldn't be caught at the airport. That didn't make him happy. He said, put my grandson on. He forgot that his grandson was just two years old, just a little bit over two. And at that age, uh, a two-year-old is not really a good phone person to talk with. Because he was mumbling, and, and uh, this guy, the grandpa, he couldn't really hear. And he was just getting more frustrated and more frustrated. And finally, crystal clear, he heard, Grandpa, I love you. That changed the situation for him. His anger started going down. He started realizing how blessed he was to have grandchildren. You know, if we knew how, how fun the grandchildren were, we'd had them first, right? Grandparents, you know, we'd have them first. He thought, in times of distress, take time to open God's word and hear him say to you, I love you because God loves you. Verse 26. These things I've written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. Hey, God's spirit is in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you. At the same anointing teaches you concerning all things. And it's true. It's not a lie. And just as taught you, you will abide in him. Do you listen to God? Do you listen to God's spirit living in you? Because as a Christian, God's Spirit lives in all of us. You know this guy? He's pretty famous. He's perhaps the best corner man ever. He's Angelo Dundee. He actually trained 15 world boxing champions. Of his life, he said... I'm one-third surgeon, one-third engineer, and one-third psychologist. You've got to be a surgeon because your fighter, your boxer, he's going to get cut up. You're going to have to quickly patch him up. Because you just got a few moments to do it between rounds. And you've got to be an engineer because you've got to lay out the, the game plan, how they're going to approach the opponent, and, and how you're going to try to achieve victory. 
And certainly, you've got to be a psychologist because you've got to get in their head because often your guy is not as good as the other guy. To be a good quarter man, you've got to do all of that. Guess what, folks? As a follower of Christ, you too have someone in your corner. Someone better than a surgeon, an engineer, a psychologist. You have the Holy Spirit within you who is there for you. Please don't ignore Him. Stay close to Him. Let Him guide you to eternal victory. John 14, Jesus said, I will pray the Father and He will give you another helper. Circle that word helper. When Bible translators were trying to translate the Bible into the Kari language of Africa, they had a problem. That word helper is the Greek word paraclete. And there was not a word they could find in the Kari language that would mean that. But then they noticed that as people would go off into those safaris and into the bush, that the men that were hired to help the porters, there always would be one man that was not carrying any load. They thought that one guy was the boss. He wasn't the boss. That one guy would be the guy that would walk alongside the other guys who were carrying their loads. And if one of the men carrying the load fell down, he would step up alongside that guy pick up his load and carry it for him until he recovered. They had their word. The Holy Spirit is the one who falls down beside you. He's there to pick up your load and carry it for you. He's your helper. Please don't neglect him. Instead, cast your care upon him because he cares for you. In times of distress, stay away from false teachers, stay close to God, and then be confident. Let's wrap up verse 28. And now, little children, abide in Him, that when He appears, we may have confidence, confidence, and not be ashamed before Him at His coming. Later in chapter 5, John will write, and I wrote these things that you may know you have eternal life. Not guess, not hope, but know that you have eternal life. Those who continue in Christ find real confidence. They not only survive, they thrive. They come out on the other side of the crisis, better and stronger people. That congregation where the man left over a matter of liberty and was trying to pull people away, that congregation came through that crisis even stronger and better than ever. Isaiah chapter 40, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God seems to like eagles. A total of 33 Bible verses mention them. Eagles are kind of unique because they're really not good flyers. <laughs> Did you know that? You know, when they leave the perch, when they leave the nest, they'll flap their wings, they'll get going, but then they coast. 
What do they do? They catch one of those thermal heat waves, heat currents going up, and they'll just catch one of those and they'll just glide. That's the reason why when you do see an eagle, you don't see him doing this. They're just gliding from one heat current to the next heat current. They're soaring up against gravity. Folks, stay close to Jesus and soar. In your times of distress, stay away from false teachers. Stay close to the Lord and just depend on His power. Like those eagles depend on those heat currents. You probably recognize this movie, Castaway. Okay, remember Wilson, the, the, the ball, the volleyball? It's the story of a FedEx employee that the plane went down and he landed on a deserted island by himself. His only friend was this uh, volleyball that he found. He named it Wilson. He eventually was rescued. And being a good FedEx employee, he wanted to deliver that one package that he'd kept. He had safeguarded that one package for years on the island. So he finally finds that lady that the package was supposed to go to. He knocks on her door. She answers the door. He explains to her what had happened to him. She just kind of looks at him and says, well, thank you for delivering it. Tom Hanks, who plays the character, the lead, he says, but tell me, ma'am, what's inside the box? I never looked. What's inside the box? Oh, really nothing. Just a, a satellite phone, a global positioning device, a water purifier, and a bunch of seed. Things that he could have used on the deserted island. Here's my point. God has given us all we need. We just got to open the box, the Bible, and use it. Are you a Christian? God's simple plan of salvation. Anyone can understand it. As a Christian, do you need to seek forgiveness? The church stands ready to pray with you and for you. If you have any need, we'll have two elders down here waiting for you. Will you please come as we stand and sing for your encouragement?